Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. We've got Stephen Ferris, Labrooks ambassador, on the line right now to preview Ireland against France, the big Six Nations decider this weekend. Stephen, how are you? Not too bad. Ireland's going to win the Six Nations. Come on. They're going to win on Saturday. They're going to get the bonus point. Um, England are going to get beaten by Italy. No, I'm only joking. Uh, they're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, yeah, it's a big week, isn't it? It's a huge, huge week. Everybody's excited, looking forward to it. Um, I think Italy last week didn't really prove much of a test to to Ireland, and this week it's going to be a great challenge. And um, I'm just super excited to see how they go. Um, unfortunately, Gary Ringrose isn't going to make it. That's probably the only. Uh, black mark at the weekend there with with that injury. So yeah, um, hopefully we we get a good game of this weekend. Definitely. If you're watching along, get your comments in for Stephen. If you have any questions, any views on the game coming up this weekend, of course, and we're hoping to get that the team may be la- named live as well as we're uh, chatting here, but we're not expecting any surprises there. Uh, Stephen, speaking of surprises, were you pleasantly surprised at just how good Ireland were at the weekend? Um. Yeah, well, like I expected Ireland to uh, to be good. I just didn't expect Italy to be that bad. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't know why, like because we've seen it year in year out. Um, they've lost twenty six Six Nations games in a row. Uh, their last forty matches, they've won nine out of the last forty international matches. Um, if they get beaten against England uh, at the weekend, that'll be five consecutive Six Nations where they haven't won a single game, and. Like where is Italian rugby at the minute? I put out on my Twitter like that, you know, they are in a world of trouble. Um, and it's easy to say that, but international rugby is about winning and they just aren't doing it. So they've got to find a way, find something. Um, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago when I played against Italy, you always knew you were going to be up against Castro Giovanni, Sergio Parise, um, a real big battle up front. And if you won that battle up front, then you generally edged out the game. And, um, I was actually just watching the other day when we played Italy away and Ron Nogar had that last minute drop goal to seal the victory and like that's just hasn't been the case over the last four or five years. I, I think Italy are, are going backwards and it's not time for these four or five year plans that Conor O'Shea has tried to put in place and um, like it's all about the next game and trying to improve instead of trying to improve for four or five years down the line because that's not how international rugby works, especially when you're when when you've got a, t- a team like Italy, if you've got a team like Eddie Jones does with, with England, then maybe you have uh, the bigger picture to look at. But as for Ireland, to go back to your, your your point there, I think Ireland were were clinical at times, um, room for improvement for sure. Jacob Stockdale looked like he was enjoying himself a fullback, like he did against the Ospreys for Ulster a couple of weeks previous to that. So it's brilliant to see a few guys in, in form. And everybody seemed to be enjoying it. Even though there was no crowd, um, everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves. Do you think the fact that Italy were so poor obviously encouraged Ireland to try a few things in the play? What was, at times, a very entertaining you know, style of rugby, something that we haven't seen too much of, especially in the, the Joe Schmidt area. I think Peter Amatini trying that offload for the last try was something that we may never have seen him try even before. And it was like perfectly done. Even watching a little bit of the Munster match on Monday night and the way they kind of were playing as well, it does seem like, I don't know whether it was just because you're playing Italy or whether Irish rugby in general, I suppose, is obviously they're all different teams, is maybe evolving into a slightly different and more expansive style of play. 
And is that something that you think we could look forward to? You know, it's a, it's a lot of different teams. to go and do it in Paris than it is against Italy and Dublin. Of course it is. Like, And would Peter Romani have thrown that offload if it was against South Africa in a World Cup quarterfinal in the first 10 minutes of the match? Absolutely not. Of course he wouldn't. But the game was over. Um, it was a lovely bit of skill. And I, I think I said to you guys a couple of weeks ago that people are writing Peter Romani off because he hasn't had a great start to the season, got red carded there from Munster. Um, Keelan Doris has been fantastic. And you know people have been writing him off. But I said to you lads that I definitely thought he had a part to play in this Ireland team moving forward. And he showed at the weekend he came on. He actually brought a bit of intensity to, to, to the game uh, on that brilliant offload. Monster were fantastic. Ulster, we know uh, they, they throw a lot more offloads than other teams in the Pro 14. Leinster, they just seem to churn through and go through the gears and, you know, more of that par game than offloading. Um, maybe that's something that Andy Farrell has talked about, about, you know, not playing with the pressure that maybe Joe Smith put on the lad's shoulders all the time about making a mistake. Um, I know, remember Sean O'Brien always used to talk about that, that, you know, there's always this fear of, of making a mistake. And then, you know, Joe Smith bringing it up on a Monday review saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? Um, so, yeah, it, it was refreshing, I think, lads. And you'll probably be exactly the same. Mm. Um, uh, but I think flip that over to their defence. That was probably the most, um, the biggest thing that stood out to me and the improvement was their line speed and defence, um, how aggressive they were getting off the line. And it wasn't just individuals. It wasn't just Bundy coming up or... No, Guy Ringrose coming up when he was on. Um, they were as a unit, and that's given me confidence getting into this game against France because they'll put Entomac, Dupont uh, under pressure uh, and hopefully reap some rewards off that. The debutants mm. as well, that must be brilliant to see. You know, the three guys as well, Keenan and Ed Connors, and then obviously Bourne coming off the bench as well. Uh, they already played their part, and I don't want to hang Mick out to dry here, but uh, he's already talking about Will Connors as possibly the best number seven <laughs> ever for Ireland. <laughs> I had a David Wallace. Are you crazy? <laughs> Thanks for letting me explain that one, Mark. <laughs> uh, he's 21 years of age. He had a good game against Deadly. Like, you know, um, uh, I, I was chatting to a good friend of mine during the week and we like, all we do is ring each other up and chat rugby for like two hours at a time. Uh, I know I've maybe said this before on the pod and, He's like, Stevie, you know, you look at that Italian team and then you go, you look at the World Cup winning team for South Africa and you have Etzebeth, Malcolm Marks, Steph, Peter Steph de Toy, um, you know, Francois Stein, uh, Matt Pimpy, you know, just a different class of players. And I think it'll be a real challenge this weekend um, and it'll be a completely different game against France. But our, our Ireland... You know, yes, they won. They beat Italy by 50 points. But why are we starting to talk about them now, just six or seven or five, five or six days after a pretty comprehensive victory as being, you know, somebody like Will Connors or getting man of the match as being like Ireland's best ever seven? You know, I, I think we're, we're, we're typically <laughs> Irish thing to do is get ahead of ourselves. And, yeah. Um, it certainly, I'm going to give you a chance to explain yourself here. In a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for sure, like, there's no doubt Will Connors has a big future in the game. Um, but like, you know, there's a long way to go in international rugby for him. And, um, you know, Josh van der Fleer will also have something to say about that, as will a lot of other back rowers in Ireland. Yeah, I'm not sure if Mark misquoted me or I explained myself wrong, but I think what I was trying to say was that I I haven't seen a seven for Ireland play in that kind of way that like 
happens to us a lot of the time where the same guy is coming out of the line and stopping attacks at the point of origin a lot of the times that he just did it over and over again i just thought it was refreshing to see obviously we have to see him do it on a consistent basis before we uh, make outlandish claims but i did actually think though that that is something that you know and it's not as if like we haven't had good performances from sevens even in recent years from like the likes of vander flair and from the likes of dan levy when he's fit but it was nice to see kind of that guy taking responsibility and being that full-on open side you know dominant presence in 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 defense on the pitch yeah and like fair play to him he's done it pretty consistently for leinster over the last couple of months as well and big games um putting down marcel kutia at ease who in my opinion is probably one of the best number eights in the world i know i've said that on, on a regular basis as well um and he, he does stop the momentum of attack like he really does uh and a bit like dan lydiot maybe like in the 2011 rugby world cup where him and warburton you know just seemed mm. to go around chopping boys at the knees getting lots of turnovers i'm sure cj standards enjoying playing with them because uh he can get in over the ball quite a bit and then uh Keelan doris has a i suppose a bit like myself back then you know a bit more of a free reign where he can get his hands on the ball and, and make things happen um so yeah i think at the minute it's a really good combination um they're feeding off each other really well and they're seem to be bringing out the best in each other so yeah i expect to see him back row this week yeah i think i may have uh intentionally left out mixed use of the potentially the best ever uh, <laughs> necessarily the best ever after fight, one game fight, fight, that, fight, fight, a, fight, fight. an intentional misquote <laughs> the team has actually just been named uh, it is the same 15 bar henshaw in for ring rows on uh saturday and then the bench is heffernan Bourne, Bealham, Delan, uh, O'Mahony, Gibson Park, Bourne and uh, Chris Farrell. Uh, Stephen, have you got any immediate reaction to that? I suppose Farrell on the bench ahead of McCluskey is probably the only one that was pretty much up for debate. Yeah, well, I think that's uh, pretty much what I expected. I know we chatted just before we went live about who would be on the bench. And I think, unfortunately for Stuart McCluskey, yet again, he's, he's a player that just plays 12 all the time um, and plays 12 very, very well all the time. Uh, but just can't get a run uh, in, in the Irish game. And the reason for that is because Bundiaki has been superb. Uh, he's been brilliant. He thoroughly deserves his place in, in the starting 15 for Ireland. And when it comes to that bench position, um, Farrell, who I played with uh, with Ulster uh, a number of times, has got that versatility. And um, he's going to slip in there. He'd be able to cover 12 or 13. Um, even if he had to slip in the fullback for some reason, he would be able to do that, where I think Stuart McCluskey would struggle at international level away from home against France. So, uh, yeah, it's as I expected. It's good to see um, that the same team's going to back it up. Uh, going into this game, it's hard to, like, we talk about, you know, games week on week. Um, are you better off fa- playing a competitive game, albeit against Italy, or being in a situation where France are, where they've played Wales in the glorified friendly really but gotten a good win yeah it's interesting isn't it and with with no fans with very little atmosphere um I just I just don't know what to think of it all to be honest uh the, the French game I thought Italy were very poor or sorry Wales were very poor at times um and France could have won by a hell of a lot more France have picked up an injury in Teddy Thomas uh, for the weekend. He's out with a hamstring injury, so it'll be interesting to see who comes in and replaces him. There's uh, talk of another couple of players that might be doubtful, um, so that obviously plays into Ireland's hands. But, uh, yeah, 
I, I think I would probably rather play in a competitive test match uh, to get yourself built up for, for the last game of the Six Nations. And again, that's uh, that's played into Ireland's hands. So, yeah, they'll be buoyant, confident after that result against it, even though it is Italy. Um, but it's exactly what the coaching staff, Andy Farrell, and obviously our captain, Johnny Sexton, would have wanted. And it's brilliant to see, just touching on Johnny Sexton, getting good game time. And his kicking was really accurate, uh, especially off the tee. I think he only missed one. So, um, yeah, bodes well for this weekend. Uh, and it's uh, going to be a very intriguing international test match. How, where do you put this match in terms of importance? Because it, it's it's just an interesting one in that like it's it's a weird Six Nations. It's also Farrell's first one, and we didn't have that great performance in Twickenham, which, you know, I suppose if there wasn't this long break, it would have kind of put a downer on things before the, before the Italy game. And But at the same time, you're looking at a team that's a very much a mixture of new and old. They seem to have played some good rugby at times, and we're coming off the back of a very disappointing World Cup and a very disappointing whole of 2019 really not just even the world cup like for them to go to paris and win even if it means not winning the championship you know it really does lay down a marker that the team is kind of back and goes into what immediately becomes next season with kind of a little bit of uh you know wind behind their sails and ready to go on and sort of take it to the next step yeah and i think if they do win that will take them to the next step that will take them to the next level um Lots of international matches coming up over the next couple of months. Three home games for Ireland, one away against England, which will be another huge test. Um, you look at the players that Eddie Jones left out of his side, um, out, out of the squad, sorry, uh, that, that he selected. So much strength and depth to choose from. So, yeah, it's a it's a pivotal couple of months for, for, for Ireland and, and how they respond and how they back up performance week in, week out. They're going to pick up injuries. They're going to pick up niggles. Guys are going to get lose a little bit of form, um, and it's how about it's all about how they react and uh, and bounce back week in week out. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. Like I think everybody is is excited to see international rugby back on the TV at a high level with something on the line that's ridiculously competitive and physical and attritional, and we're going to see massive hits and we're going to see um some scintillating play that's that's why we're all going to tune in and watch it like so um yeah roll on the next few weeks and uh ireland have given themselves a chance that's what andy farrell would have said uh before the early game go out get the five points we'll go to france and we'll see what happens we'll roll the dice yeah, definitely. And we were just talking about that actually before uh, we were chatting this evening about how all of a sudden this is just a, the Six Nations, Six Nations is back and extremely exciting. So it's prediction time heading into the weekend. We're going to know, obviously, by the time the game starts, uh, what Ireland need to do in terms of win with the score difference. Obviously, a bonus point win will guarantee us the championship. What is your prediction? Um, yeah, I think Ladbrokes, uh, the, the prices haven't been released just yet. I, I think it's probably going to be uh, five or four, five, six points um, in in France's favour. Uh, uh, the- yeah, they're just up now. They're four points in France's favour. Ireland four, are four uh, seven to five to win, and then four points to handicap. Yeah, I wasn't too far away. You know, Ireland are going over there as underdogs. Um, I, I think just because of that result against Wales um, for for France. So yeah, it's going to be a tight game, isn't it? Um, I think the the blitz defence that Ireland have been using. Well, they used the whole time against Italy. I, I fully expect Entomac, Dupont to be putting chips in behind, keep turning this defence around, uh, where Italy just played into Ireland's hands, like, you know, and 
um, didn't offer anything in attack. And then when they when they ran out of ideas, they just kicked the leather off it. Uh, and I felt for really sorry for Garbisi, the 20-year-old out half for, for Italy, because he just had to kick the leather off it all day. So I'm expecting France to come with different ideas. Um, you know, a few starter plays, the way Joe Smith would have had Ireland teed up to to break down and get line breaks um, uh, against Ireland. And we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, do you know what? Uh, Ireland, there's there's a, a title on the line here. Um, if they get that bonus point, they win the championship. So, do you know what? I'm going to put my neck on the line. I'm going to say Ireland are going to go and do it. And they're going to win the championship. And Andy Farrell's going to get off to a flying start. And that would tee everything up nicely. Um, and then we'll... After that happens, we'll be winning the next World Cup. Isn't that right, lads? <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Again, yeah. And then we get South Africa and the quarterfinal. We're gone. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. <laughs> well, I'm excited for it now. Thanks a million, Stephen.